Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. Abraham and Sarah trusted God for the promise of Isaac. And they believed that God was faithful. So today we're going to take a few minutes to have a look at the life of Isaac, a man of promise. I am so glad that you are joining with us today, wherever you are. And we hope that you'll be blessed by this time together. How about we start with some prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now in our homes and rooms around the city, uh, around our country and even around the world, Lord. Wherever we are, we are so grateful that you are with us. May you speak to us today as we lean into your word. Remind us how you remind us of who you are and nourish our faith today as we feast on your word. Amen. I'm not sure if you have ever attempted a giant puzzle. You know, maybe during lockdown or in school holidays, you have spent time piecing together many pieces of a giant puzzle. Looking at the box, that reminds us of what we're aiming for. You know, that's what is promised to us. That's what the picture is going to look like when this puzzle is completed. Unless... You have a second-hand puzzle and there may, by chance, be a piece missing. You're hoping that it's just been dropped on the floor. Maybe you start searching, you ask everybody to stand up, look underneath chairs and tables and you're so relieved when you find that missing piece. Perhaps a prankster in your house had hidden it from you. You're not going to rest until that piece is found. Well, Isaac is like a critical piece in the puzzle. The family line of descendants, the people, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren that were to come for Abraham and Sarah. As we saw in the video of Sarah and Abraham, they were very old when God gave them their son. Isaac had been promised almost 25 years earlier when God came to them to tell them once more. And Sarah laughed, wondering how on earth it is possible. It did seem ridiculous in human terms, but God is faithful and he can be trusted. He did keep his promise. You see, Isaac is not a man of promise because he is good at making promises but because he is the fulfillment of God's promises. God's promises to Abraham and Sarah. Isaac is a vital piece in God's plan and God keeps his promises. Now, names are very interesting and many have significant meaning. Michael means a gift from God. And we have a few of those in our church. Michael Yu has led us today and he is one of them. Nicholas can mean victory for the people. That's a confident name for our senior pastor. Miriam, which is my birth name, means bitter. Mm, That's not so great, is it? Thankfully, it can also mean beloved. But please don't get any ideas of calling me anything else other than Mim. 
Now you've met Craig and Lynn today. They are both Gaelic names and Craig you might be familiar with means rock and Lynn means lake or waterfall. How beautifully they complement each other. Isaac means one who laughs and for good reason. Laughter was part of Isaac's life. Have you ever found yourself full of joy and pure delight in your circumstances? So much so that your face doesn't just smile, but it bursts into laughter. The promise and fulfillment of Isaac being born to Abraham and Sarah is one to rejoice about like a smile that bursts. God declares Isaac is the name of the son that they would have in Genesis 17 verse 19. When God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Abraham had already laughed about the idea in Genesis 17 verse 17 and in Genesis 18 verse 12 Sarah laughed at the news but their laughter wasn't one full of joyful hope. They both thought it was ridiculous and impossible to have a child in their old age. They were almost a hundred which is a significant age to start having children to be first-time parents. So they laughed and when Isaac was born, we read in Genesis 21 verse 6 that Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And of course, we do rejoice and are amazed at God's divine provision of a son, an heir to continue the family of Abraham and Sarah, a laughter of joy, amusement and awe. There are three significant events in the life of Isaac. To find them, we don't need to go to the registry of births, deaths and marriages. We can continue reading on in Genesis to read about Isaac's birth, death and marriage because it shows us how God fulfills his promises in the life of Isaac. The birth of Isaac is one part of the puzzle as God fulfilled his promises through the line of Abraham. Dan spoke last week about faith being sure that God can be trusted. God is faithful to bring about his plans, even for Abraham and Sarah to have children in their old age. It is miraculous and only possible by God's spiritual power, not any physical or natural laws of conception. Abraham and Sarah did try for a family in their own strength, which involved the slave Hagar and included the birth of Ishmael. But as promised, God provided a son for Abraham and Sarah. It just took them a little bit longer than perhaps they had expected. 14 years after Ishmael was born, Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. And during the celebration feast of Isaac becoming a boy, no longer a baby, and children back in those times would be weaned from about three to nine years of age. So on this special occasion, Ishmael and Isaac were playing. And Ishmael laughs. Now, some translations say that he was teasing or mocking Isaac. But no matter what the laughter was about, 
it stirred up jealousy in Sarah and she totally rejects Ishmael and Hagar from their family. God speaks to Abraham at this time and again assures him not to worry about Ishmael and he actually says that his descendants will become a nation of people too. And God reminds Abraham to stay focused on the fulfillment of God's promises and that Isaac will be the one who carries his name and the promised inheritance of blessing. So the focus remains on Isaac. His birth is a puzzle piece, the one God's family line promises are all about. Abraham is credited as being a man of faith. He had a commitment to stay focused on the fulfillment of God's promises. So it is a huge thing when Abraham is asked to put Isaac to death. Now, if you know this part of the story, you know that God provides a lamb to be sacrificed instead of Isaac. The full story can be found in Genesis 22, if you want to read that when we don't have a PG audience. We live in a time where we don't sacrifice animals to wash away our sin and present ourselves ready before God. But it was different for Abraham and God actually asked him to worship with an unimaginable sacrifice. The faith of Abraham to hold on to the promises of God in this situation is outstanding. We read in Hebrews 11 verse 17 to 19, Abraham had been promised that Isaac, his only son, would continue his family. But when Abraham was tested, he had faith and was willing to sacrifice Isaac because he was sure that God could raise people to life. Abraham trusted in the promises of God, so much so that he was prepared to risk his precious son's life knowing that God would still fulfill his promises. I often wonder how it is possible for him to be so full of faith in God, given the significant problem that he faced. Satan wants us to focus on the problem, not the provider. Abraham clearly held on to God to provide, not the problem of his son being in the place of a lamb. Jim Simbala, in his book, Fresh Faith, writes, Satan constantly points to what seems to be rather than what God has promised to do. If we stop spending time with the Lord in prayer, the concerns of the physical world snatch our attention and dominate us, while the spiritual senses deaden and the promises fade. Abraham was able to trust God enough to stop focusing on the problem that he was faced, but he focused on the promise of God. In James 22, sorry, in James 2 verse 22, we read, Now you see Abraham's faith and deeds work together. He proved that his faith was real by what he did. The almost death of Isaac is another part of the puzzle as God fulfilled his promises through the family line of Abraham. Which takes us to the next key chapter in Isaac's life, marriage. 
When Abraham was very old, like we're talking 155 years old, he, like many parents, became concerned about who his child, his son Isaac, should marry. Now, in many cultures, people find their own partners. For Abraham and Isaac, the parents were helping. And I'm not sure how you would feel about that, but this is what happened. In Genesis 24, we can see a beautiful and detailed account of Abraham's servant seeking God's direction to meet a suitable marriage partner for Isaac. His name isn't eHarmony or MrMatchmaker.com. In fact, we don't know what his name is, but we do know that he prayerfully asked for God's direction to find a bride for Isaac. While the servant is still praying, Rebecca approaches the well where he's waiting. She is noticeably beautiful. She is generous. She is strong. She is kind. She answers the servant's specific prayer, not just to give him water, but to feed all of his camels as well. This is amazing. And the camels, they drink a lot of water. After some discussion with her family, Rebecca agrees to go with the servant and to go to marry Isaac, a man she has never even met. Now, as they travel, we read that Isaac, who's now 40 years of age, he is walking in a field praying. He's out for a walk and in the distance, he and Rebecca see one another. Now, we don't know if they gasp as they spy one another. We don't know if they ran towards one another. And if it was, you know, a romantic movie, then maybe they would and they'd go walking off into the sunset together to live happily ever after as some beautiful music plays. But their story doesn't end here. They do marry. They do love each other. But for the next 20 years, they are unable to have children. In Genesis 25 verses 7 and 8, sadly we read, Abraham died at the ripe old age of 175 and he was buried next to Sarah. Both Abraham and Sarah died before seeing the fulfillment of God's promises to have children that outnumber the stars in the sky. They didn't even get to see their grandchildren. Going on to verse 21, we read the reality of Isaac and Rebekah's circumstance. Rebekah still had no children. So Isaac asked the Lord to let her have a child. And the Lord answered his prayer. Before Rebekah gave birth, she knew that she was going to have twins because she could feel them fighting inside of her. Verse 24 says, when Rebecca gave birth, the first boy was covered with red hair. So his name was Esau. The second baby grabbed onto the brother's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. The next puzzle piece is in place. Isaac has children through which the blessings of God and his promises could be passed down to the descendants of Abraham. 
Abraham, Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca all had to hold on to God's promises even in the dark. When they didn't know how or when God would fulfill his promises and meet their need to have descendants. Faith, according to Hebrews 11 verse 1, says faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Or in the NIV, it says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Sometimes we might feel that we are lost in the dark too. Faith might waver. So looking at the biblical account of Isaac nourishes and strengthens our faith. His birth focused on the fulfillment of God's promises. His almost death focused on the promise of God, not the problem. And Isaac's marriage reminds us to hold on to God's promises even in the dark. God doesn't always say yes to our requests but he is faithful with his promises. Through Isaac, the man of promise, God proved faithful to his declaration given to Abraham. From this family came the great nation of Israel. They have been a blessing to so many and the greatest blessing of all, Jesus, who was born into this family line. So we can see from the birth death and marriage of Isaac, God's promises were coming into reality. They were being fulfilled in and through him, Isaac, the man of promise. Galatians 4 picks up on this interesting parallel between Ishmael and Isaac. In the scriptures, we learn that Abraham had two sons. The mother of one of them was a slave, while the mother of the other one had always been free. The son of the slave woman was born in the usual way, but the son of the three, the son of the free woman was born because of God's promise. All of this has another meaning as well. Each of the two women stands for one of the agreements God made with his people. Hagar, the slave woman, stands for the agreement that was made at Mount Sinai. Everyone born into her family is a slave. And in verse 26, But our mother is the city of Jerusalem in heaven above, and she isn't a slave. God established the law on Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments when they were given to Moses. And he knew that no one was able to keep up to that standard of living all of the time. People can be slaves to the law and never meet God's standard. His standard of righteousness. We're never to be good enough or right enough. We don't have freedom in our own strength. Paul explains in, Ra- Paul explains in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, God treats everyone alike. He accepts people only because they have faith in Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But God treats us much better than we deserve. And because of Christ Jesus, he freely accepts us as free for us free from our sin. 
Faith in Jesus, faith in the promises of God brings freedom from the law of sin. And in Romans chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, we understand the words, it was credited to him, which is Abraham, were written not for him alone, but also for us, whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We can be right with God and set free in a miraculous, only possible by God kind of way, being born into God's family, even though it seems impossible, even in old age or if we seem far from God. Maybe we know how much we've disobeyed God and we know we don't meet his rules and his standard. He provided Jesus to be the sacrifice for us. So our relationship with our heavenly father can be restored. Romans 8 verse 32 explains, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Isaac, the man of promise, points us to Jesus. We can have a new birth into God's family. We, his death brings us new life. And while Jesus didn't marry on earth, the church is his bride and those who love him will be united with him for all of eternity in heaven. There are many promises in the Bible that we can hold on to, like the picture on the puzzle box, promises that give us hope, promises that give us strength in our faith when we face problems ourselves and those dark and uncertain times. God promises to be with you, to protect you and strengthen you, and he will listen to your cries for help, provide for you and guide you and give you peace. God will always love you. D.L. Moody said, God never made a promise that was too good to be true. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will I pray that the Holy Spirit will remind you today that God sees you just as he saw Abraham and Sarah. He saw Isaac and Rebekah. He knows you. He knows your needs and he knows the promises that he has made to you. Promises for you to be in a right relationship with Jesus. Perhaps like Abraham, you will be a person of faith. Or perhaps like Isaac, you will be one who fulfills God's promises and points other people to Jesus. 2 Peter, verse, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. For all the promises find their yes in Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Jesus provides a way for us to live in relationship with God. He provides hope and strength, comfort and peace. 
His love shows us God's love. In Christ, we find fulfillment of all of God's promises. And sometimes we forget. We need to be reminded that victory has been won. We need to be open to his spirit working in us and reminding us of his promises being fulfilled. God is faithful. Will you stand in your room, whether it's your lounge room, your bedroom, wherever you are, and close your eyes as we sing our closing song. Let these words wash over you as a declaration of your faith in Christ alone, the ultimate man of promise. God's promises fulfilled. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.